Hey, you know what time it is. It's the Showtime Balling NZ, New Zealand's basketball podcast, talking to ballers around Aotearoa, telling about their life and times in the game of basketball, their stories, their way, what's good. In this episode, it is our final two of two with legendary tall black Auckland-based baller, it is Lindsay Tate. Now, LT finishes off his corridor around an experience around tall blacks. He also speaks about his NZBL career, uh, that scary moment in his life, where he is at the moment with his head coaching role with Ags and his new Auckland-based uh, regional basketball that he's got going on, and also finishes off a round as assistant coaching with the NZNBL new Auckland-based franchise, the Auckland Huskies. But yo, without further ado, let's go. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Skinny Fizz. Skinny Fizz, sparkling water with a splash of real New Zealand fruit extract made right here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. No sweetness, just refreshingly real. Skinny Fizz comes in three flavours, lemon, lime and raspberry. For more information, hit them up on www.skinnyfizz.co.nz. Go get it. All right, so Brody, so tell us your you know your first time within the Tall Blacks when you got the call up to wear the, the silver fern on the chest. Uh, and, you know, your first game, how was it for you? you remember the time? And where was it? Yeah, I do remember the time. It was against the Czech Republic. Um, I believe it was in uh, Invercargill. Uh, it was a long time ago now. Um, I remember getting my jersey. I do remember we we had white jerseys, so I remember thinking, "Damn, I didn't get a black jersey," <laughs> and I didn't get the number. I don't think I got the number I wanted, but yeah, it was special. It was special. I'd worked pretty hard at that time and sacrificed to get an opportunity. And um, yeah, all I remember really was scoring my first basket. I felt like, for some reason, when I was when you were young, I just felt like if you got on the scoreboard, like that made you legit, like you were actually a tall black now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, for real. I feel you on that one because was it um when you came on? Were you were you were you a starter back then, or were you just coming off the bench, or was your role? What was it for you? No, I was I was definitely young, and um, I was definitely coming off the bench, and I was only playing spot minutes, so I was mm. there um, yeah, just working as hard as I could and and learning, and you're trying to trying to make the most of every opportunity. Yeah, because um, yeah, what you just said, you went out there to try and get some points because a lot of times, you know, you get a lot of you know, young hoopers, say, in those sort of, then in that sort of arena, that sort of mind space of like, hey, man, I'm, I'm just going to pass and I want to cut hard. Oh, man, I'm going to set a good three in here. Oh, man, I'm not putting up a shot, man. Because who was on the court with you? When you look to your left and your right and you go, there's what, who was it back then? Was it like, we looking like Piro or like Polder? Yep. Who, yep. who, was, yep. who was there back then? Yep. PC and Polder were there. Um, Paulie, Sparky, uh, Phil Jones. Yeah, I was lucky to. I was lucky to basically come through. Uh, right at the end, uh, man, damn near in the middle of of like the golden age. You know when when mm. they were when they were doing their thing. Um, so, yeah, I guess you kind of had to have that mentality when you're playing with those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real, because like you know, I know Paulie, you know, he's passed first, and he'll be hooking everyone up with dimes and stuff. For sure. But then you got like you got like Mumba Mode Polder Winnie who just is absolutely a <laughs> killer on the on the on the court, and you know, he wanted to get his and with Phil Jones. So yeah, man, yeah, oh, man kudos to you, bro. <laughs> Kirk, yeah. yeah, Kirk, yeah. 
there was um yeah there were some amazing scores. So amongst all those um you know that company those legends um, what did you actually take was there certain aspects that you know some advice that was passed on from them because you would have rubbed shoulders with them they would have given you some pointers here and there was there anything that stuck out to you or that you remember from those times? Yeah, a lot. I, I was very lucky to get exposed to most of those tall black guys early through the Auckland program and, and have have Tab. Um, I was young under Tab, and he was the national team coach at, at that time. So um, Tab, I think, um, he helped teach me how to work hard. Um, that was That's one thing I took from Tab, and you had to be smart to play for Tab. He ran the triangle mm. uh, at the time, which was kind of – um, you know, probably one of the more intricate offenses around during that period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Auckland managed to run it well and the Tall Blacks, it, it helped them get a lot of success. And then, man, just having like PC, Dylan, Paulie, um, yeah, Polder, like you said, and, and Polder, I learned a lot from in, in regards to the way I should be conducting myself off the court, um, just as a, as a person as a man mm-hmm. um and then yeah those guys taught me a lot uh, in regards to um uh, being professional um what to do you learn what not to do um mm-hmm. they definitely kind of help create a toughness i feel like like within inside me that i just um even though you know, I, I felt like I didn't really look like much, man. To be out there with those dudes and, and have to compete against them, you had to be tough because they weren't giving you nothing, you know. Um, mm. So, yeah, man, to, to, to stand with them was, um, I think that was a learning within itself. And it was something that organically I tried to pass down to dudes like Shay and, and Ty when they were young. Yeah. And they would come to our National League trainings. Um and I would just try and beat them down because that's what happened to me, you know. Mm. Um, and at times, um, you kind of feel bad afterwards. But looking back in retrospect and, and kind of understanding the respect that we all have for each other now, it's just part of the game. And I would assume that they're doing the same thing right now to the next young fellow that's coming through. Um, but it's all in love, you know, and just trying to mm. teach them how tough this really is. Yeah, man, that's um, that's great conversation and that's great um, advice because at the end of the day, you only get better if you play against someone tough. <clears throat> like if you stay on your level, you stay to the level. That's right. And like if you try your best to work your craft against, you know, like if Shay was looking trying to take on you at a at a, well, when his infancy level of international basketball, man, he's only going to get better. Yeah, for sure. And like to Shay's credit, man, like. I love Shay, you know, I love his game. And I think he's one of the, um, he's one of the greatest guard defenders I've seen, you know, mm. and, and I've been around mm. for a while, but he was never really on the New Zealand national team radar um, when he was a youngster, you know, but man, I could, a lot of us could see his talent and to his credit at that time, um, you know, I kind of helped control a lot of the, like, pickup runs that we were having and stuff. And he would always come. He would always come. And he would always bust ass. And it was just, I just felt like it was a matter of time, you know. And um, he does have an exceptional kind of athleticism as well. Like, man, yeah. that dude can just smack it on people, you know. And he's not mm. a big guy. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, 
you know, that's how we were raised. We we got thrown in men's leagues in high school and stuff. And, you know, you get beaten up on the Wednesday. And then on Friday, when it was time to play against high school kids, that was your payback. And it was like the game was easy. Yeah. So, you know, you are correct. Like, God-given gifts, your attributes in your life, you like your limbs and your body. Man, it's, um, it's yeah, it's a... It's an advantage that you were taken care of. Um, so now for internationally, let's talk about the competition you, you went up against. Um, you, could you name who was the toughest kind of competitors you you came across? Man, tough one, tough one. I played against like Team USA. Um, yeah. So that's like that was a team full of beasts. That was like Kyrie when they had Kyrie and Steph and. James Harden and Clay Thompson, Demata Rosen, Boogie, Anthony Davis. Mm. Um, yeah, that was silly. We got to play against Giannis. I got to play against Dirk um, right after he won the MVP. Mm. Um, man, a gang load of dudes. A gang load of dudes. So, like, when you're playing against like the likes of Team USA, uh-huh. who was your um? Yeah, actually, let's, let's rewind it. Like. Coach and um and the like the scout, how ridiculous are you? Were like in the in the scout talking about who you're going to be guarding, who you're looking at. Man, how were you guys feeling about that? Was it? It had to be like intimidating, but it had to be exciting at the same time. Would, it, would that be fair to say? Yeah. Well, funny story about the USA scout. Um, you know, Nenad was like, I mean, to play for Nenad, I feel like you had to be an intelligent uh, basketball player. You know, you definitely weren't just running around out there. Um, and he. You know, he was really innovative and, and did some creative stuff. And um, that was the, we used to scout like crazy, but that was the first scouting report I ever walked into with him where he said like, all right, you, you know, it's on you guys because you, you you guys all watch the <laughs> NBA and you know way more about, you know, these dudes than me because, you know, Nenad, he's like a basketball purist. He, he watches a lot of European stuff and and, mm. and the NBA is a lot different if you really know hoop so um yeah that was yeah i found that funny to be honest with you we didn't do a whole lot of scouting for them <laughs> you know <laughs> it was off it was probably the same scouting that you do like oh yo you know like man watch james harden's step back from three and don't let him go left like <laughs> that was the scout <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right that's right that's right so who are you matching up against um when you played the team you say like, was it Kyrie or was uh who else was it oh steph yeah, I, I got to go out there with uh, Steph, Kyrie, and D-Rose. Yep, the, oh. those were the three that I... Um, but I think, yeah, I mainly got to go play against um, Kyrie and D-Rose. And, man, they were both problems. I just remember D-Rose, he, he, like, the way he shifted gears, he was just like a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Like, he would just... Mm. He'd be in one spot, and then it was like he would teleport to another spot. Like, damn, how did he get there so quick? <laughs> Because he, he goes yeah. from, like, jogging to light speed. That's his thing, you know? He really shoots mm. gears. Um, so, yeah, they, they were – the biggest thing that stood out to me was that I felt like their athleticism allowed them to get to their spots and get their stuff off way easier than regular people, normal people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's unfair. Like, this is not right. Like, if you said with um, Prime D Rose, uh, he was uh, – at his. At his pinnacle, we without you know, with you know, barring the injuries he had, man, he could have been on his way to be one of the greats. So he is still a great, but yeah. man, he would have been, he would have yeah, been, been a ever, problem. Youngest ever NBA MVP, bro, from the south side of Chicago. 
you know people mm. take that for granted they'll never that's that's even if that's all he did right he should go down as one of the greats because a lot of people so don't even make it out of those places for real but was there any exchanges between you know you and, the, and some of the players you know was there any conversation or was it just straight i'm giving you the business face and <laughs> just with playing Honestly, man, they're cool. They're, they're all just regular people. Like, well, I don't know. I felt like when we were like, and you've been, I think at that time we'd been at it for like two months. It was like when you, you'd kind of been around it for so long, when you stepped out there, you weren't as kind of overawed as you maybe if you just, you know, jumped on a plane and flown over there to watch them play real quick. Um, I do mm. remember though, um, at the free throw, at the free throw line um, lined up, um boogie was asking uh bj <laughs> what that what their dance was that we were doing before the game oh, come on was, now <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was pretty funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man what was what was the response from bj um i think he kind of explained it to him that it was like it was it was a sign of respect you know and, and then it was like a challenge and a sign of respect and he was like he was cool about it uh, but mm. kirk did I believe Kirk did address like Coach K in them because obviously um, a lot of people know Kirk and international basketball with his resume and, and let them know that we were going to do this, you know, the haka and what it was about. And um, they were really cool about it. They lined up and they respected it. And you could see that it was definitely something new. But, man, it was cool that, you know, they, they gave us that. Okay, now let's talk about nationally in New Zealand. Man, who are some of the players that's given you the business when you like? I know you, you you're pretty tough competitor, bro. Like if you got against the color, the scout against you, they got to try and take you on. Well, who are some of the players that you've come up across and said, "Man, whew, I'm in for a tough night." Oh man, there's been yeah a lot of them because I I mean I played for a long time, but I mean all of the national guards, you know, from Judd and Paulie and Sparky. Um, Man, I, there's so many. This all of the imports. Um, it honestly, bro, it's it's tough for me to put my finger on one. Jason Crow was always a problem. You know, yeah. if you'd come at your neck and be talking. Um, yeah, man, there was. I would have to say, yeah. I guess most of the import dudes that really came out that were nice, they were the ones that would give you know give you the most problems. Hmm. Yeah, no, man, for real, like, they all come over, uh, and, you know, they're here for a reason. They come over, you, you pay them the, the premium money, not not for them to be spectators, so, yeah, you they have to be probably killers, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's a long way to, it's a long way to come to, to not do much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bro. Hey, let's talk about, um, uh, man, your, your fight that you had to do, the thing that, that popped off for you. The cancer, uh-huh. you know, that, that that situation for you, uh-huh. man. Yeah, no, man. When you when that when that word came out, like for the basketball purists people out there or the basketball community, man, it was it was a tough thing to see. But you know, you survived. But you know how how was that situation for you? Like, I know it's quite easily known what the situation was like, but man, it was must have been pretty tough. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy situation, as you can imagine. Anytime you get diagnosed yeah. like that, but um. Me and my girl had just kind of saved up for a trip of a lifetime. And I it was like, I was on a flight to New York and I found the lump in my throat. 
And I just, something in my stomach, because I had a uh, cancer in my thyroid gland. And um, something in my stomach, man, just, I knew something was up. But I, I was like, man, I'm not, whatever. I'm going to get this holiday in and worry about it when I get back. Because you know how um, medical is in America. It's crazy. And then yeah. uh, I got back and um, I got checked. And uh, um, they said, man, it could be, you know, you know how doctors do. Could Don't worry about mm. it. It could be nothing. Um, but yeah, then they gave me the diagnosis, and I don't know, man. It's it's scary. I think like most people, you you probably think that's it. Well, I did. Um, it had it had gone into my lymph nodes as well, which is um, cool. it's kind of in your blood. But um, man, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I mean, you can eat. There's not. There's you got no option. You know, you just gotta. I had no option. I just gonna fight it, and um, I just read up and got as much information as I could and tried to keep myself mentally healthy. Like I was tr meditating and trying things I'd never tried before. Um, I totally changed my diet and went vegan, which on retrospect probably did some positive things for my, for my, um, the process and, and probably hurt me as well. Um, but it was all with good intention. Um, yeah, I made a lot of changes and I actually felt like I got really got to a good place. Um, you know, personally, and um yeah i guess man it wasn't my time i was so lucky to have these um amazing surgeons and doctors and that it's you know 2000 and i think 18 you know that we have these medicines and things and um yeah man i i, I kept the real like i didn't even tell my kids when i went in for the surgery i just uh, which is probably not the right thing to do in retrospect but I just knew, I just knew that I was going to come back. <laughs> that's, that's how I went into it, man. And, um, yeah, I don't know, but the universe has given me a second chance. So you're lucky, bro. Right, like, yeah. yeah, for real, but like, that's when he's, you know, talking about the kids, man, but what sort of, what sort of conversation are you going to have with them? You know, like, I mean, you want to send them at ease and it's, um, as myself, as a father, man, you just, you don't want to gear yourself up for that sort of conversation at that age. Mm -hmm. eh? Like, it's just like, man, I've got more life to give, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. You're right. You're, you're right. I was going in with the mindset that I was coming back no matter what, but, and my son was actually on his way to a basketball tournament, the, the, like the under 13 nationals. And I was like, man, I can't burden. I'm not going to talk to my kids about all of this stuff. So yeah, man. And I got, I was actually from when I went in, they told me I was only going to have, well, at the time I was only supposed to have a relatively small scar on my neck. Um, but bro, by the time I came out, I was looking crazy because they, they found a bit more in there. So, uh, mm. there was no more hiding it. So that's, that's mm. when I finally came out and told everyone what was up. Yeah. Well, um, man, would you, would you contribute like, you know, your, your sporting athletics, you know, mindset to kind of saying that sort of, cause yeah, there'd be a lot of people go, man, I'm done. I'm over. I'm out. There's no way. But was it like was the sporting mentality side of you with the mindset um feeding you that positivity saying no oh, man i can't lose there's no there's no i'm not taking a, an l here i'm i'm going to i'm going to get the dub i think so uh, i didn't um i don't i never i don't consider myself silly but um i never did great in the classroom most of the time because i just wasn't turning up and applying myself and a lot of the things i learned were between the lines um, mm. and yeah, I think definitely just the approach I took to being diagnosed with cancer was very similar to 
when I was really trying, when I was really locked in and trying to make uh, like a national team or something like that, you know, you basically just mm. wake up and you dedicate yourself to this one thing for a period of time. Um, but this is like, that's easy to do, bro, because you're fighting for your life. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it ain't, and, and not, and more so for me, because to be honest, it's for like, I'm not even really a religious dude, bro, but like, in those situations you kind of find yourself <laughs> praying yeah. to praying to some to somebody you know what i mean and all i asked for was that i could get to my dudes to 18 to be men and then i'm cool with it you know um mm. it's, but yeah that's just how i felt about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no well, you know there's like said, there's some divine intervention or something that's up there that is definitely um because yeah, for, for us in the basketball community, man, it's got so much more to come, and um, there's yeah, it's, yeah, God bless that that um, win in your favor. Yeah, man. But to be real, like what what blew what really blows me away is there's these there's these surgeons that are in the hospital that are saving people's lives every day that nobody knows about. You know what I mean? And and, and we we put all these other people on pedestals and i understand a lot of these surgeons don't do it for the limelight you know what i mean but it yeah. definitely taught me perspective man you know um mm. it did there's a lot there's a lot of hurt up in those places so yeah i've got i've even got to check myself now you know being a couple years out like when you find yourself getting caught up in the man just the muck of of life you know what i mean and thinking that something is 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 way more important than it should be. I've, I've got to check myself, you know, because there's babies up there that are dealing with this stuff. Hundred percent, brother. But yeah, again, yeah, man. On the brighter side of, of life, you are now. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. It's good, man. <laughs> Living life. <Yep. laughs> All right, now, man. And that career pretty much was pretty much the end of the career, right? Your professional, oh, like you know, your professional career was that about right? Um, to be honest with you, I used I used hoops as my rehab. Um, the I played the last year I played. Um, yeah, I didn't have to play, um, and it wasn't necessarily the greatest environment with the you know over at the Rangers. But I was yeah. like, um, if there's one way that I that I like Lindsay Tate can rehab, it's through basketball because I was never like weights guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym and lift some weights and run on the treadmill. Like, nah, I'm going to go hoop. So I knew that um, hooping would help me get up and out of bed to do my thing. And once again, um, the biggest thing, it was more on an internal level, was that I knew my sons had seen me pretty beat up and I had to show them what when life knocks you down, how you conduct yourself as a man. So that was the that was the biggest thing that drove me to to go back and hoop that last season. And we got our ass kicked, but I led the league in assists, <laughs> so I left some kind of mark, you know. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely remember that year because I think I was calling them um, Hawks games alongside Clifton Bush Jr. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, was, yeah, and um, yeah, man, like we we're doing all the calling, and yeah, we were pretty much the only one we we're talking about when um when the Rangers came into town. So uh, what? Well, well, that and your coach, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, coach, we definitely put the theatrics out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> nice man. Hey, um, let's talk about now. 
or you're into um you know Auckland basketball things you're Auckland hard to the core now yes. yeah so what is that looking like um for you at the moment oh let's rewind it back there was a post that you put up online online um because I know the whole COVID-19 situation and it was only like you know like a small window of our lives that we need to kind of you know navigate through yes. but you kind of you spotted you noticed things that happened around you which was you know was wasn't really cool can you elaborate on that yeah for sure um i mean i'm not really the type of person to go out and make public statements of that nature unnecessarily because yeah. i understand the the consequences of them for you know because i i have heard a couple of people um kind of insinuate that i did it recklessly and i think it's important that they understand that I and the people I'm involved with went down all of the avenues we should have before I took, you know, before I said my, my little piece. And um, basically, I was just speaking to um, the governance of, of the game here in Auckland and how it's um, essentially hurting the game. And, and that's that's how I feel about it. And that's what I see. And that's what I've, I've been a part of. And um it's part of what's led to a collective of us who are basketball people who love the game, have a love for the game and are about the culture and, um, you know, have a strong community coming together with um, a collective that we've formed, Auckland City Basketball. And um, we're going to do this the right way and we're going to grow this thing from the ground up for these babies so that by the time mm. my baby comes through, he doesn't have to go through the same stuff that all these kids are going through up here right now. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah, we, we looked at, you know, people like volunteers, you know, they give up their time and energy, like, and even like to go and coach. And sometimes associations don't understand, like associations are trying to get people involved here and there, but man, you're taking people out of their livelihood. They're like, they've got to give up their annual leave. They got to give up their working time. They got to give up their family time. Sometimes, you know, us as coaches, are like I put my hand up. I'll be, I'm a coach as well. Um, sure. Just, you know, it's um, it's it's a tough gig, but at the same time, you hold a lot of passion. You hold a lot of um, you know, like you put that on your, you, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve for the kids that you're trying to deal with and then the parents and such. But man, you know, seeing volunteers not getting their fair share, it's it's a tough thing to see, right? Yeah, I, and I mean, when I stand up, I don't stand up for me. I stand up for my people, you know what I mean? And I do stand up mm. for my family, and I stand up for the kids, and I stand up for the game of basketball here in Auckland because I have I was born in it, and I'm still in it, and I'm going to be in it long, long after, you know, some of these, as I labeled them in my little post suits, who are, you know, essentially um, steering the direction of the game um, with very little, you know, good intent from what I can see. And, um, yeah, it's about, you know, basketball is about the people it is and about mm. anything is in life, you know, and treating people right. And, um, yeah, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of basketball politics in Auckland yeah. or in New Zealand because, bro, we could do a – I mean, I, I would love to, actually. We could do a full – podcast on it like a real one and break it down to them you know what i mean but the reality is this is is kind of a, a microcosm of what's going around in a lot of yeah. a lot of um places in new zealand you know but we are the biggest catchment of basketball in new zealand 
you know, and um, it's important that we do start looking at the governance of the game here, you know, and um, it's otherwise, you know, we could miss a big opportunity. So we really need to start looking down at some of these, you know, these people that do care about the game that are coming out and speaking up on, on different levels and not just, you know, brushing things under the rug and acting like it's all good because there's issues that need to be addressed. And, um, you know, hopefully that will take place. But if it's not, I do know for Auckland City basketball, you know, we're a, we, we, could, we could do our own thing anyway and grow this game the right way. So, you know, it, it ain't no thing. We're going to have something for these babies to, to come up through. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you because we've, like, yeah, other regions, other areas, we view, pro well, personally, myself, you know, Auckland has the biggest talent pool to me. But, it know, does, and it, it, for it, sure. It They're not, not to be like that guy, but we do. Yeah. We've got the biggest population. And, bro, it breaks my heart, uh, Jordan, that there's 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 way more Shea Ely's walking around out there in South Auckland, mm. West Auckland right now. And Ruben Terangis and and man, maybe Stephen Adams, you know what I mean. But the game is so expensive, um, you know what I mean. And man, it's it's been the same broke stuff going on since I was a kid, you know. And there's only so much. I think there's only so much people are willing to take nowadays with the amount of information that's out there, and with the ability to stand up and do your own thing walking in the light the right way you know and and doing it with the community and spreading the love i i, mm. I believe it, it will work you know yeah well that's great to hear <clears throat> you know like a person like yourself that's leading the helm for um for auckland and you're and the, the you know the association or the direction that you're going which is um yeah it's totally um good for the for the community because yeah like again you look at high school basketball the dominance of like the um the Auckland teams, you know, or schools like your Rosmanis, uh, you know, your Rangitotos and Westlakes, mm -hmm. all of those sort of teams, you know, they they kind of it says a precedent for the rest of the of the um, the schools around the country that, to kind of look at you guys and say, man, how do we get to that level? Yeah, I can understand that, but I also, you know, I can also see another side of that too, Jordan. Like, mm -hmm. okay, there's a lot there was a lot of success at one period there on the shore, you know, and Harbour is very strong, but mm. you, you got to tell me that ha having uh, the New Zealand breakers there has to have an impact on that. Right. You know what I mean? I, For that period correct. of time. So I do often think, man, imagine if these kids in South Auckland that are dying out here, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, had the same opportunities, you know, uh, mm. I really do. And um, I think that's a fair question to ask now, you know. I also think if, if, I mean, we can go as big with it as you want, but why everywhere I go do I see kids wearing NBA singlets and shoes and they got league pass and they play 2K and they can tell you every NBA player. But then every time a news report comes out about funding, I see cricket and netball and rugby and rowing and cycling and they get all the money. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't see that when I'm walking down my neighborhood, or in the city. You know, I don't see it around New Zealand. So uh, there's a lot of questions, not not just Auckland wide, but New Zealand wide. That man, I don't know. I think we need to start looking at them and asking them.
for real, hundred percent. Because you know, you look the, the culture of basketball, and you know, you you felt even back then it was the culture was was bigger than than what New Zealand could apprehend. Because um, you know, just what we got is is just man, what does basketball mean to you? Like just to take two hundred, you know, three hundred sixty degree flip on this. What does the game of basketball mean to you? Oh man, basketball is it's special to me. You know, it's yeah, I I love basketball. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's it's um it's one of the only things in my life that I've always kept pure. I managed to keep pure and um it's kept a roof over my family's head for a very long time and food in our stomach. And um man, I just love it as a game. I think it's beautiful. I think it it, it brings people together. It has way more teachings than just, you know, learning offenses and, and whatnot. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, man. I've tried to – I feel like I've tried to walk away from it a couple of times, but, man, I don't know. Keep dragging it back. For real. <laughs> I mean, shucks. I woke up at 5 o'clock this morning, and I was in the different gyms, like three or four different gyms the whole day. And I still come home and find myself on YouTube watching NBA highlights, you know, like it's or yeah. whatever it is. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I guess I'm just a lifer. Bro, for real, like, when you look at the game for, you know, for what it is, it's just a couple of, you know, like 10 players on a, on a court trying to get a ball in a, in a ring. And, but to be honest, it's more than that. There's, there's definitely more dynamics to that. I think it's the thrill of kind of trying to work your craft, trying to be creative because there's multiple ways to get that ball in that ring with all those players bringing them together, all that sort of stuff. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's art. It's art. Because um, a lot of the world we live in is great. You know, we just don't admit it all the time. We like to we like to pretend that everything is all good. But the reality is, I mean, we were talking about it before we jumped on this, right? It's hard having yeah. a whole lot of kids and having to change nappies and stuff. But we For love real. it. But that's, that's life, you know? Um, and whether you go see like a, a great musician or a boxer or, you know, a hooper and he puts on a show for you and you feel that energy, that's what it's about, man. You know what I mean? That's what that's what hoops is really about. You know, that's why, like, yeah. when you go to like a mean pickup game or even a mean high school game. Right. It can feel exactly the same as if you were watching like a, a pro game because it's about it's about those moments and those memories and that energy that that's created. Beautiful, brother. Now, let's talk about, uh, before we end off this episode, Sal's NBL this year. Uh, totally different format due to COVID. Knocked out a lot of the, the imports can't come into our country. So, Sal's or the, also the NBL, they've come up with this new creative, the draft. First of all, how do you find that process uh, for yourself? Congratulations, being with the Huskies, but I know there's a long season. We won't talk about the game. Yet. We'll kind of we'll talk about the game then. <laughs> No, so man, long... don't bring all that up. No, I'm just playing. Yeah. You can keep it real. We got smacked, but that's all right. That's all right. We we spoke about. Yeah, we'll, it. We we'll we'll still be standing here. We all right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> now, but um, yeah. So the draft process, like, how do you find that situation? And being in the Huskies, we in Huskies um headquarters, being a part of the pro- draft. Were you part of the draft process, helping with um selections? No, I wasn't. I was um, loosely kind of privy to the, the meetings and conversations, but I was actually coaching um, coaching the kids while that was going on, mm-hmm. brother. 
<laughs> but I did, um, yeah. you know, I, I caught up afterwards and, and caught up with it all. And, um, to be honest, you know, it was, it was fun. It was different. Um, it was confusing at times, you know? Yeah. Um, there was, there's a lot, there was a lot to it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed that they, they got through it, you know, and, and they're still kind of going through stuff now with injuries and whatnot. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, all right then. So, working alongside the squad you guys are with, the organization of the Huskies, uh, because before COVID, it was only going to be Franklin Bulls, but hello, here comes Auckland Huskies. Now, what does it feel like? <laughs> what does it feel like now having, you know, all these, all the, all the teams just circulating in the one gymnasium, all staying in the one place? Um, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean... For basketball here in Auckland, I think it's great, you know, to have Franklin out south and obviously the Auckland Huskies come in and then to have the comp here, man, we lucked out, you know. Um, mm. I mean, i got a, a Prem game on Friday and then i got a, two National League games on Saturday and Sunday. So we went from being like basketball starved to OD. So, mm. you know, I think it's a great thing. Um, in terms of in terms of that, in terms of um, and I understand that big picture. This is I think about keeping the live uh, the league alive for next year, and also you know giving some of these young kids um, a chance, you know, to prove themselves. Um, I'm not staying out at the hotel, bro. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. I think I guess they're lucky it's 2020 because if they put them back, <laughs> they put six or seven teams there back in the day, man. That league might have got cut short. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, no, it was beautiful though. I have been out there and the food is great. And, you know, everyone seems to be, um, understand what's, what's up and that they can't, um, you know, we have to, it's 2020, we got to conduct ourselves a certain way now. It's, it's, things are a lot more professional. Now, um, opening a couple of nights, (laughs) um, the talent that you see. So do you, because this is it, this is, it's New Zealand. This is New Zealand players, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity to get eyes on New Zealand talent, even those young up-and-coming talent. Even looking like in your guys' roster, you've got like the Tay Murray. Um, you also got like, also Nathan Wilson. He came out and played. He balled out there, kid, man. Like, uh, yeah, can you elaborate on some of the, other, the talent that you're seeing unfold in front of you? Yeah, I mean, that's been cool. That's been really fun to watch. That Canterbury team, um, and, man, I, I can't even – fully name their you know their entire roster they're that young I was speaking to Mick their coach afterwards because I actually played under him at Cairns um and man they played they were in shape you know what I mean they played Mm. a really great I felt like a really nice style they they shot it great um they looked like they'd been working for you know an extended period of time yeah um how how, how tough would they have been if um if Jack didn't get injured Jack and Joe Cook Green as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, they probably lost, I think, their two highest draft picks. And Max Darling sitting over on the sideline as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess that's something to do with his contract um, overseas. But, um, mm. yeah, I saw um, Darone. You know, I, I I thought that Darone would have a, um, will have a really nice tournament. Um, it was cool watching... Um, Manawa two play last night. I really like Jaden Bazant. I find myself watching the guards a lot, as you can imagine. Yeah, you know, um, just kind yeah, of gravitating yeah. towards them. I played against Jaden a little bit. 
um, down in Wellington before he went away. And I knew then he was still a young kid, like, oh, this kid's tough, you know. So that's cool to see him rocking. Uh, we get Isaiah back soon, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Uh, to see him match up with, um, I've really enjoyed my time around Tane. Uh, he could be special. He, he's he's a hard worker. I, I really like Tane. And yeah, Nate played great yesterday. Um, it was cool. He's from the West Side, you know. So mm. um, he probably had the most people in the whole building over the last couple <laughs> days. Um, nice. And just to see the way, you know, the way he plays around the ring and and free, it, it was cool. Um, so, yeah, oh, Isaac Davidson went off yesterday. I watched the first yeah. quarter of that game. I think he had five threes. Yeah. Um, I don't know Ridiculous. what he finished with, but, man, yeah, there's some talent out there. Um, I'll say that. Okay, now we're talking about point guards, man. You missed one out. I know you might be a bit of a crower now in the old uh, in the NBL, but the old, the Irish Moulet. Oh man, JK. yo, JK was killing yesterday, bro. I think he had like <laughs> five threes. Yeah, man. Like yeah, we always on, like man. JK. Young boys, let him know what's up, JK. If you hear this, yeah. let him know what's up for for us old heads. <laughs> nah, he's like not even you know, he's old. He's in great shape. You know, uh, he's in phenomenal shape. He gets on somewhere. Yeah, man. Like because. We always seem like he normally leads the league in like an assist. Like yep. he's a, he's like he's a dime master. Yeah, he, but, plays, and a, he locks yeah. up as well, and he's a great yeah. dude. <laughs> no, for real, awesome. which always goes a long way in a team sport. You know what I mean? Because not everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Like JK, that's what boy, man. Like he's uh, he's always great to talk to. He's always willing to help out yep. and do things for people and stuff. And he always spread the knowledge, but. Yeah, man. When I seen him, I was like, "Man, there we go, man!" Like, cause he's he's Hawks Bay. He's been well. He's I know he's, he's he grew up in Auckland or North Harbour, righty right. But he's to me, he's Hawks Bay because he's been Hawks like for like for an age. Yep, yep. And um, yeah, so um, it was just good. To, it was different to see him in an Otago uniform, but you know, it's um, <laughs> oh man, he went suits him with that hair though, man. That is Bro. next level. Man, I was like, man, how how I was like, how long are we gonna pursue with this um? This here, dude, brother, and he's yeah, no, he's, he's still rocking it. <laughs> yeah, man, get him, get him. <laughs> nice, man. Hey, Linz, this has been a fantastic um, conversation. Thank you for your time for um, you know, revealing a lot of things for us. Um, you know, being so flexible with your time and your conversation. Um, but um, there's a couple of things I probably want to say before we leave. Um, coaching for you, how does it? How are you? How do you? How do you see it? Because you know, you've you've been underneath a lot of coaches. You know, you talk about Nina Vucinich's Paul Hinares and um all those sort of coaches. Man, but for you actually now sitting in a chair, because I had a conversation with Mike Fitchett. Now Fitch he he said, you know, like, you know, going from the assistant um chair to the to the the head coach's chair, he goes, he goes, man, he goes, he found out, you know, he may not have been as, as smart as he thought he was. So, <laughs> so, so um, Fitch yeah. is probably too smart for himself. No, he's smart. He's <laughs> But I know what he's saying. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I know, I know, I know. He's just trying to play it off. I mean, I know, we know how, how you know. <laughs> we know, you know, we know he, his, his mind is up there. He's good. For sure. But yeah, man, how do you how do you find yourself giving your you know your knowledge back to the kids to and that's agree in that um that realm? Are you, are you enjoying it now? Is like a, is it kind of like a, a switch of gear in some, in terms of your basketball journey? Yeah, it's been it's it's definitely been a journey. I never thought I was going to be a coach. My father always coached me, and I thought it just looked like a miserable job. You know, there was just too much responsibility. 
Um, and then as I started winding my career down, it was actually my pops that said to me, uh, it'll be the closest feeling you'll ever get to playing again, which is what got me into it. Um, I've been had to kind of been put into like an administrative role as well because there's so many holes um you know what i mean that they need you to kind of help plug them and give uh guidance on that and i really hate that side of it i don't like administering or the politics of it as we kind of alluded to earlier i love coaching the kids i think i'm finding myself like the individual stuff is um I feel like I that's that's no thing. Um, like to to kind of get to what you were talking about with Fitch, the assistant role is yeah, it's definitely a totally different role to the head coaching role, and yeah, the biggest kind of space that um, I need and I'm looking to continue to grow is as a head coach, and right now um, I'm doing that with a with a high school team, which is you know has its own challenges. Um, and and learnings daily um i did have a really talented um basketball under 15 team that got taken from me for um you know for some for mm-hmm. some political basketball stuff which which does hurt and bug me but i'm moving on brother i got a whole lot yeah. of other stuff going right now so i'm gonna catch them i'm gonna get those babies though we'll be all right yeah. <laughs> somewhere one down the line man we'll I'll meet up again i know it one way or another, you're coming with it's me. The, it's in the wind, bro. Yeah, for real, man. Like because that's right. Um, just the coaching with um, you know, Auckland Grammar. Uh, I think you're doing a great job with them out there. Um, and hopefully, to do, you know, like some of the kids that you like at Grammar. Let's just talk about them for a sec. Do they know, recognize the who you were, like who you are as a player? And do you go out there like um, are you, are you find yourself scrimmaging amongst the, these kids as well? And then busting them up. <laughs> I don't, bro. You know what I mean? And I do it on purpose because, I don't know, man. If you ever see me play, I only know how to play one way. And I'm not trying yeah. to be out there fighting against these kids that I have to try and coach. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just how I was wired. And I can't turn it off. Um, so, mm. you know, I'd rather just stay on the side and let them do their thing. But, no, I um, do they know... I think they, yeah, they know that I used to play to a to a, a decent level, and most of the time, I only find out their real, true feelings when their parents talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I do have one one kid, and he's in his third year now. Connor Nan, he's a a little. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know. Do you know Connor? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you no. seen him hoop? Yeah, I seen him hoop, bro. Yeah, you can get out there, man. He can he can go. Yeah, he he doesn't. Um, I'm not trying to be dis- disrespectful, but he's not in the biggest package right now. Um, but, you know, he's got some sneaky stuff. But he's, yeah, man, when I first seen him walk in the gym I, when he was a fifth former, I thought um, Dave Mackay, who I work with at Auckland Grammar, was kidding me when, when he was saying that that was the new point guard that they'd found for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, man, no lie, he's a dog. He's got a big, big heart beating in his chest. You know what I mean? And I got, I got much respect for him. Um, so it's be, really been a, it has, man, it's been an honor and a privilege to coach that kid. Cause he's different. He's, um, you know, not to go too hard, but he, he's just, he's just wired different. He, he soaks everything up. So that's been cool. Like as a point guard, 
just to have another young point guard that really is like thirsty for a sponge to soak up knowledge. You know, and in the Auckland cool. program too, um, you know, um, Aaron Young's got Alex McNaught over at St. Kent's and, and Young Cares and you know, we're lucky we kind of get to work with each other on some of the stuff we do. So just to be exposed to those kids as well is fun because they're very talented. Yeah, <clears throat> you talk about Kent's out there, even like young ones like Dante Russo Nance. Yeah, he's nice. I, I, I really like Dante. <laughs> I really like Dante. Yeah. He's smooth. Man, he <laughs> so looks like a great he's job. Oh, yeah, but it looks like he's brought the the, the Corey Webster, um, you know, repertoire package because, man, that, that kid can... Ooh, man, he can he can turn it on, man. Like just the ways he, he gets shots off. I know because I've coached against him, and it was at, at Ames games. And this is what we're talking about, <laughs> right? I know. And they had big tight circle with them as well. Yeah, that was a, oh, that was, that was a cheat, that was a cheat code, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, you're oh, so right. Uh, when people ask me about Dante, he reminds me of like just the poise he has and the ease that he can score with, and um. I don't, he doesn't get shook in the moment. You know what I mean? He's, mm. he dances free. So, um, yeah, man, I, it's so, it's exciting now to see how wide open, um, basketball is with the internet. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and some of these opportunities with all the NBA going global and that, um, so exciting for our talent, man. And I really hope that we get our stuff together and we can get a whole mm. lot more of these brothers and sisters up out of here. For real, bro. There's a, there's a big wide world out there, and they need to go and go and enjoy it. For real, for real. Once it well, yeah, once it gets back to normal, anyway. Otherwise, yeah. we'll keep them here. <laughs> <laughs> keep safe. Yeah. Um, otherwise, everyone yeah, will be trying to come down here, bro. I know. Come, man. Stay out. Man, stay out. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Hey, keep your coaching role going. Um, keep our boy um KB um more sane on the on the sideline. But um... uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll st- I've got to step my workload up. <laughs> yeah, man. No, look, hey, we understand that in the heat of things when you gotta when you gotta talk a certain way to your team, and there's there's no hold there's no holds barred, right? It is what it is, bro. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Massive, man. Hey, Lindsay Tate, thank you very much for your time. Uh, look forward to catching up with you sideline. Um, yeah, man. Um, all the best because you're a busy man. You're definitely wanted all over the show. Um, to share your knowledge and the game is definitely not done with you. Man, appreciate you, brother. Anytime, anytime. Well, there it is. It's full time. Thank you very much for taking your time out here with us at Showtime Balling NZ, the podcast of balling at all levels. Hope you enjoy. Before we take off, making sure that you cop our merch and make sure you help grow our brand and represent us. Yo, until next time, peace.